0: You're listening to the Quince Podcast.
1: The COVID 19 pandemic is prompting a much deeper crisis on the world's population than we can tell. While the focus largely stays on rebuilding the economy and controlling the surging cases of coronavirus, a lot of other issues faced by vulnerable groups are being neglected. Gender-based violence is on the rise and sexual reproductive health services have taken a backseat. What does it mean for reproductive health services to be sidelined in this pandemic? Perhaps some data can help us understand it. On the occasion of World Population Day, which is observed on 11th July every year, The United Nations Population Fund, or the UNFPA, estimated that 47 million women in low- and middle-income countries may not have had access to safe contraceptives, meaning that in this pandemic, there could be 7 million unintended pregnancies at the least. And among them are millions of Indians who also lost their access to contraceptive options the minute the lockdown began. Supply chains around the world have been disrupted and a lot of work done by sterilisation service providers in India have been reversed in just the last few months. If we can visibly see the adverse impacts of this crisis on India's population right now, we're likely to see them soon in the form of millions of unwanted pregnancies in the country, millions of unsafe abortions and not to mention maternity deaths. So why is it so important to talk about reproductive rights in relation to family planning and population growth? What are the policy asks to mitigate the negative impacts of this lockdown on India's population? In this podcast, you'll hear from Dr. Nupur Gupta, a gynec from Fortis Hospital, V.S. Chandrasekhar, who's the Chief Executive Officer of FRHS India and a CAG member of Pratigya Campaign for Gender Equality and Safe Abortion, and Dr. Sanghamitra Singh, who's the Senior Manager of Knowledge Management and Partnerships from Population Foundation of India. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Shorbury. For a country as populous as India, women's reproductive health and rights nearly don't get the kind of attention that it deserves. Abortion for one is still a taboo and contraception isn't as widely accessible as it should be. But can we talk about population control without talking about women's reproductive rights? To draw attention to this very issue on World Population Day this year, the UNFPA focused its theme on the health and rights of women and girls. As far as Indian women are concerned, their health and well-being are at risk not just because of employment losses in the lockdown, but also because of some unforeseen fallouts of the lockdown, such as an increase in gender-based violence and the inaccessibility of contraceptive options. We've talked about the increase of domestic violence cases in an earlier episode of The Big Story. You can check it out on our show notes. But to come to the issue of reproductive health services in India, although safe abortions and provision of contraceptives were deemed an essential service by the government when the lockdown began, but things are easier said. Than done. In line with the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare guidelines, public facilities suspended provision of sterilizations and IUCD or intrauterine contraceptive devices till about mid May. Stunted supply chains and curbs on movements made over the counter contraceptives like condoms or oral contraceptive pills and emergency contraceptive pills less accessible for many. And add to that several other reasons ranging from the inability to travel to chemists and doctors right down to the stigma around sex and abortions. Many women live with their families where confiding in anybody may not be an option. Many don't have transport. And all these hurdles leave them waiting for the restrictions to be relaxed to seek help. Unfortunately, the time-bound nature of these procedures and the legal aspects surrounding them don't make it easy. And delays usually mean loss of abortion and contraceptive options altogether. Dr. Nupur Gupta, a gynecologist from Fortis Hospital in New Delhi, points out that even under normal circumstances, the need for contraceptives is always higher than what is availed and the gap has only widened now. She explains what a delay of procedures can lead to.
2: Uh, Due to this lockdown, what has happened is their reach of contraceptive services not only has reduced. If you look at the contraceptive need in India is much more than what they avail actually. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of gap when everything was open also. Mm -hmm. Because most of the women and most of the partners, either they are not aware. If you look up the need for contraception, the unmet need for contraception is very high. There were many sterilizations, band ho copper T insertions were not happening. They were not coming to buy condoms. oral contraceptive not use oral contraceptive mm-hmm. Most of the couples were in lockdown during this time period. So a lot of unwanted pregnancies have cropped up. And of which, very few have actually come to us. Either through online consultation or to hospital because of fear of uh, acquiring infection from hospital and most of the smaller centers hospitals nursing homes small clinics were closed during those times so uh, so what has happened is uh, it has affected both both group of uh, pregnant women one group which never wanted to continue and had an unwanted pregnancy and they wanted termination for which when they when the uh, lockdown opened they have reported and they have now come into the second trimester of pregnancy which is an advanced when, uh, although it is not that we cannot terminate pregnancy in second trimester, but yes, it has its own added complications: more of blood loss, more chance of infection, hospital stays, more cost is more, and reproductive health, anemia issues, of they all increase. Means it adds more morbidity to women, and there are no. <coughs> No straightforward guidelines for termination of second trimester abortion. It is like a mini-delivery. And a lot of centres have still not standardized protocols that how, to, how much dose of the medicine should be given for second trimester pregnancy termination.
1: And all that spells a family planning crisis in the making. Several studies have been conducted by different non-profit organizations who work on extending contraceptive rights to people, And they tried to get an estimate of what this means for women and abortion seekers and India's population at large. And all these different studies point towards the same direction. Let's start with the findings of IDF, a non-profit dedicated to preventing and managing unwanted pregnancies. Their report suggests that in the first three months of the lockdown between 25th March to 24th June 2020, 47% of the estimated 3.9 million abortions that would have likely taken place in India under normal circumstances were possibly compromised. That means 1.85 million Indian women could not terminate an unwanted pregnancy. Another report by the Foundation for Reproductive Health Services India, or FRHs, estimates that 25.6 million couples will not have the access to contraception services during the period of the lockdown and the weeks leading up to a complete normalcy that is September 2020. And I'm quoting one line from that report. It reads, quote, this is likely to result in an additional 2.38 million unintended pregnancies, 6,79,864 childbirths, 1.45 1.45 million abortions, including 8,34,000 unsafe abortions and 1,743 maternal deaths. End quote. And V.S. Chandrasekhar, the Chief Executive Officer of FRHS India, talks about how the lockdown has debilitated the family planning
3: services. In the year 2019, public and private health facilities provided 3.5 million sterilizations. 6.5 million intrauterine contraceptive devices or iucds 3 million injectable services in addition 6.5 million emergency contraceptive pills 150 million cycles of old contraceptive pills and 250 crore condoms were sold distributed across the country foundation for reproductive health services india where i work is the largest non-governmental provider of clinical family planning services in the country during the quarter march to june 2020 our services declined by 88 percent compared to the same period last year so that's the level of loss uh, of access we have seen i'm sure it will be the same in other private facilities and in public our analysis shows that 27 million couples will be unable to access their choice of contraceptives since the lockdown till the situation becomes somewhat normal hopefully by September. This is likely to result in an additional 29.5 million unintended pregnancies, additional childbirth of 8,45,000 and additional 1.8 million abortions in the coming months. More tragically, Uh, 2,165 women are likely to die due to pregnancy related uh, reasons. Uh, This definitely is going to be a big setback for the family planning program uh, in the country, uh, which had made some significant gains over the last couple of decades.
1: We know what this means for the population at large, but what could this mean for women who comprise a large chunk of that population? Women's liberation movements have been closely tied to the autonomy over their bodies, their reproductive rights and choices. And an unwanted pregnancy in many cases translate to the loss of economic independence. With most options struck out, women are either going to opt for unsafe abortions or go ahead with their pregnancies. And perhaps that's why we need to talk about women's reproductive health as a matter of rights in relation to population. Dr. Sangamitra Singh, Senior Manager of Knowledge Management and Partnerships from Population Foundation of India, talks about how women's empowerment and well-being are important for the prosperity
0: of the population at large. At the 1994 International Conference on Population and Development in Cairo, which is popularly known as ICPD, 179 governments, including India, they acknowledged that reproductive health and rights are human rights. At the same time, they also took note of the fact that women's empowerment and equality were preconditions for securing the well-being and prosperity of all populations. If women's needs for family planning and reproductive health care are met, along with other basic health and education needs, then population stabilization will be achieved naturally, not as a matter of control or coercion. Successful family planning programs across the world, including in other developing countries like Indonesia and Bangladesh, have outperformed India on several demographic and health indicators. This transformation has been brought about by increased investments, and access to family planning services, female education and employment opportunities for women. It is not surprising that India's growing numbers are often attributed to a high desire to have children. Yet paradoxically, the National Family Health Survey 2015-16 shows a marked disconnect between this general perception and lived reality surrounding the access to contraception. The lack of agency and autonomy among women regarding their decision making on fertility and contraceptive use has led to a gap between what is called the wanted fertility rate, which is the number of children a woman desires to have, versus the actual fertility rate, which is the number of children they are actually having. According to the latest data, 13% of currently married women have an unmet need for contraception in India. This means that they want to use contraception, but are not able to do so due to various reasons. This would place women and girls at grave risk of death and disability during pregnancy and childbirth, especially where the quality of care is inadequate.
1: So what is the way forward now? How do we tackle this crisis? Mr. Chandrasekhar says that maybe it's time to look at safer methods like contraceptive implants, remove unnecessary barriers and ramp up abortion services.
3: As things, do, things return to some level of normalcy, one can expect a surge in demand for sterilizations, IUCDs, and also for abortion services. So it's important that public and private health facilities are geared up and prepared to meet this demand. This is also the right time to look at the available contraceptive choices in the National Family Planning Program. Uh, largely, the National Family program, family Planning Program is dependent on providing sterilization services, which is the largest method of contraception used in this country. Maybe it's time to look at including things like uh, contraceptive implants, which are safe, simple, and would be, and require a lesser level of skills uh, in providing the service. As I said, abortion services needs to be wrapped up too. In particular, uh, we need to ensure that uh, medical abortion drugs are easily available uh, across the country at chemists so that women who need an abortion can access it. Currently we have seen that there are unnecessary barriers and many retailers, uh, chemists, uh, are not stocking uh, abortion drugs. So it's important to ensure that this uh, drug is available easily because we would expect to see a certain uh, demand for uh, abortion services. One other issue the industry has been facing is uh, the unnecessary barriers and restrictions that have been imposed on over the contraceptives like uh, emergency contraceptives or condoms. Uh, you know, emergency contraceptives are not allowed to be advertised. Condoms can be advertised only at certain point in time. I think it's time that these uh, restrictions are uh, removed so that uh, efforts to create a market for over-the-counter contraceptives re- uh, receives a boost. Lastly, uh, you know, a large number of private sectors and a, a non-governmental organization provide clinical family planning services. And many of them have been badly impacted uh, due to loss of service, closure of operations, increase in costs, uh, because they need to uh, take additional precautions while providing services uh, in the context of COVID-19. Therefore, I think the government need to review its uh, public-private partnerships and encourage, uh, you know, involvement of uh, private sectors and NGOs in provision of Conceptual services.
1: If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. we will have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com.